This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 592, brought to you by Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now and enter code iFanboy at checkout and get a trial shave set for free. That's harrys.com, code iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you. land rolling aimlessly a 
Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 592. We've sailed the ocean blue. I'm Ron Richards, and alongside me is Josh Flanagan. Hello, we're here with Curveball Kilpatrick today. And, Con- and Connor Kilpatrick. I don't, I don't know what's happening today. The gang's all back together. <laughs> we had one of those daisy chains we do sometimes where each of us gets a week off three weeks in a row. We don't, but it's never, ever planned. It's never, ever planned. It really did work out nicely that way, though, because uh, that's how we run things here at iFanboy. <laughs> never Smooth. planned. There was Smoothly. a little like, well, one of us has to be available. <laughs> there, was a, there was a bit of that. You at home don't have to hear about it, but it happened. <laughs> so, yes, we are from iFanboy, and that is where we love comics. And every week we read a stack of comics. One of us picks their favorite, and we dub the the pick of the week. We talk about that book as well as other books that ship this week. The patron pick, you, the supporting patrons, get to choose a comic for us to talk about. And maybe if we have some time, we'll answer some of your email. Uh, no matter what, it's always fun. It's the highlight of my week. Uh, quick warning, though. We're going to spoil things. We're talking about what's happening in the books. So uh, as we've been saying for the past 11 years, uh, if you haven't read your comics, take some, <laughs> take a pause. Maybe come back and listen after you've read your comics. Uh, this week, Connor had the pick. Welcoming Connor back to the table with the pick of the week. Rock Candy Mountain number four. Last time we talked about this book, Josh was not on the show. It was just Ron and I. And uh, this was nearly the patron pick number one. Ron, did you ever continue reading it after that? Uh, yes, I did. I have. I I have been. It's been great. Um, it's uh, it's as we said when it came out with issue number one. This is a book at Image that feels like it should be at Oni. Yes, yeah. so Rock Candy Mountain by Kyle Starks, colors by Chris Schweitzer, designed by Dylan Todd, uh, is a story of hobos. And I have liked. I don't. I don't remember exactly what we said when we talked about the first issue. I think we both liked it, but didn't love it, but liked it. That sounds. That feels right. Um, yeah, I've liked it more with every issue. This was the most. For me, the most delightful. And I thought there was some really great comic beats in here. So basically, for everyone else not reading this book who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, Rock Candy Mountain is, a, is, is, as Ron said, it feels like an Oni book. It's sort of a cartoony Oni art style. And it is about these hobos, well, two hobos, really, one new to the hobo scene, living the life on the rails, and, and undergoing a mystical quest that is related to, of course, the famous Rock Candy Mountain song, as the chapter four is called The Jails Are Made of Tin, which is a line from the song. And in this issue, they get, they get sent to prison because they're caught being hobos, and, but it's all part of the main hobo's plan to go to the prison and run into Big Sis, one of his hobo buddies. And then there's a, there's a big old to-do in the prison, and they escape. And I just find this book so utterly charming, Ron. And uh, I don't know about you, but it just I have a lot of fun reading it every week. And I think the art is terrific. I think the actual the writing is actually really interesting and good and funny. Like there's lots of different layers going on here. And then at the end, you get a nice little essay about the history of hobo culture. Well, it's it's um, funny because I, I got to admit that I was I was I, I would go as far as say I was taken aback that this was the pick of the week. Um, I, I, I know that you've been enjoying it, but for you to make it the pick of the week means you must've enjoyed it immensely. Um, and what people, what people don't know about us at iFanboy, in addition to our ability to schedule things with precision, um, (laughs) we're also big fans of hobos. 
and, yeah. and, and, and I feel like Rock Candy Mountain is really tapping into a lot of things that we enjoy. We enjoy the hobo lifestyle. We enjoy the, 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 the myth of riding the rails in America in the turn of the century, right? We just want like, to get away is what Ron's trying to say. Really, it is, think. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, and I, I remember I was talking about the first issue because there's, there was a whole thing about the devil in the first issue and how uh, the devil was chasing these guys. And I didn't really love the idea that there had to be a supernatural element. However, I've come around on it now in this particular series, and I actually really like the, the joke in this issue because our, our new hobo buddy, who was not a hobo in the beginning, he runs. He meets the devil for the first time in the last issue, and he spends the entire of this issue going, "Is no one else freaked out that the devil is real?" <laughs> yeah. Like he's constantly going around going, "What is the point of any of this? We're all going to die. The devil is a real thing, and no one else even cares." And I thought that was a great running joke because yeah. that's the reaction any normal person would have if they ran into the devil. Is why are we even doing this? The devil is a real thing. Um, there's a great sequence. Uh, six-panel grid where uh, after they get arrested, the new guy, I don't know their, any of their names, he says, I hate you so much, but over the course of the entire page, and that was a great uh, you know, little uh, time-lapse time sequence. Um, Hobos in jail are fun, and so the main character, his, his power that he's gotten from the devil is that he can never be defeated in one-on-one -on -one combat, so he engineers uh, his fight in the prisons. There's a prison, one of his Nemesis is also arrested. He he's rich. He's gonna pay anyone in the prison to kill the main guy. He can't win in a group fight, but he can win in a single fight. So he engineers it to happen in a narrow hallway, which allows hallway him to fight. have one of those. I was just gonna say it, it had a hallway fight. So, <laughs> but what's great about it, you had action in this issue. You had humor. Um, well, you had a change of venue. You yeah, you had a change yeah. of venue from the rails and the trains to the jail, which I thought was 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 at the right time. And then you have the introduction of Big Sis, this this big strong guy who doesn't talk, like who does his hand signals and stuff like that. Like it just like with every page, it became it becomes more and more compelling. Yeah, I think this is a terrific book, and I I, I wasn't going to read it, so we can thank the patrons because I read it because it was almost patron pick. Um, so could, and, uh, you could say that the patrons picked this pick of the week, that you were just merely a, t a tool of the patrons. I'm, I'm just a vessel. I'm a hobo, yeah. hobo loving vessel. Um, <laughs> let's get back to your desire to get on the rails, Ron. <laughs> well, no, I, I go, let's go back to the hallway fight. I did laugh okay. out loud when I realized that, oh, it's a hallway fight, just like every <laughs> Netflix show on Marvel TV time. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it's the, the, the mix of... Uh, of humor and action and just this gonzo story and like uh, you know and it ends with a nice you know with the FBI wanting to track down the main hobo guy and like that character has become like this kind of like who is this guy right and it's right. like and, and like with each one you want to know more and and you know we're seeing it through the eyes of the normal guy who wanted to ride the rails and now finds himself in prison with his head shaved and um and you get the sense that, like, while he keeps yelling, why are you doing this to me? I don't want to follow you anymore. He can't help but continue, right? Because, like, there's, right. there's, there's, a, there's an attractive allure of this character. Now we're and all really on rails. Like the train <laughs> itself. You cannot fight destiny. He's destined to be a hobo. Yep. <laughs> That's another take. It may not be true. Right. So, um, and, but yeah. uh, and also, so the the, the quest they're, tr they're they're trying to find Rock Candy Mountain. That's Hobo Paradise. If you've heard, if you've listened to the song before, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ron, do you see yourself with a bindle and a stick? Is that how you see things going? Or is it more of a midnight run scenario where you you and Robert De Niro are on a train? 
No, no, I think I think I definitely probably have more of a like a circa 1940s suitcase kind of, you know, because I feel like the bindle, like I, I, if you know me and I think you guys do, uh, I accumulate things. <laughs> and so I feel like I, I, I do struggle with the the bindles uh, limitations on on its ability to hold lots of things. So but if we're talking I would like about if we're talking about throwing off the yoke of everyday life, isn't that one of the things you could leave behind? Wouldn't the bindle True. itself be a symbol? Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm just, I'm I just trying to work eat, this out. I don't know. I just want to. I just want to eat beans out of a can. You, you can friend, do that. You can do that right now. <laughs> while singing, yeah. while singing the, the the legendary hobo songs of the 1912. <laughs> just, just the 1912. You're talking about Blind Morgan. That was in 1914. Get that stuff out of here. Everyone knows that 1912 was possibly the best year for hobo songs. Peak hobo. Peak hobo yeah. songs. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm guessing that during the Depression, it probably went better. <laughs> I'm just going to say yeah, it's maybe. late 1929 <laughs> It's probably right. their people. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm right a, around the dust ball. But, um, so no, this, yeah, is but a, this, this is a super fun uh, fantasy adventure comedy uh, hobo lesson. He learned things. I learned about the hobo millionaire in this issue who yeah. was a real-life person who, uh, who was rich, but he lived the hobo lifestyle, just like Ron hopes to do one day. Someday, if I, if I get lucky enough. So uh, <laughs> the I problem is, the problem is that I jumped on the train, but it, it, it's the Long Island Railroad, and the guy wants money for a ticket, and that just throws the whole thing off. Like, I, sir, I am a hobo. <laughs> so uh, I, I didn't listen to the show that you guys did where you talked about this, so I didn't know you were reading it. But it's funny because when I first saw it in the stack, I thought I need to read that because I like Chris Schweitzer a lot. I didn't realize he was just the colorist, but regardless. Um, and I've been like building the issues up, but I haven't been reading them. So like, I have this stack. So you made this pick of the week, and I was like, oh crap. So I decided that like last week, I read Eleanor and the Egret number three. I just read four. Mm-hmm. But what was different, I suppose, is that I instantly was like, I know what this is. Like I, I it, I think it would benefit to go back and read the ones before it. But I completely was on board with sort of what was happening right away. I was like, oh, I get what this this whole thing is about, and it's really fun. Um. What I think, what I enjoyed the most out of it was uh, when when we tweeted the, what the pick of the week was. Kyle Starks, the writer and artist, responded saying, "Oh wow!" Like he was surprised. You know, like, this so one. I, I like I like a good uh, yeah. And them? I like a good swerve. So good job, Connor. Curveball, uh, Patrick. I you know I, read, I had a lot of comics. I had I had twenty some odd comics, and I enjoyed many of them. But uh, when I finished reading, I just. Kept thinking about how much how much fun that prison sequence was, and how much I enjoyed the issue, and how and I think it's a really unusual comic from Image Comics. It's not; it doesn't fit into their sci-fi fantasy you know world, even though it's a fantasy esque story. It doesn't fit. You're right. It, it, this feels like a an Oni OGN series that we would have gotten in yeah, 2000. It's an Oni book. I mean, yeah. Chris Schweitzer is an Oni creator, right? I mean, like it's clearly an Oni book. Um, but hey, you know that's fine. Good, yeah. So. <laughs> so now in in another time another <laughs> multiverse jupiter's legacy volume two number five was probably the pick of the week however i couldn't choose it because hey i i thought this had, this had ended i don't remember <laughs> no, what i forgot did. i forgot that this was I, like this, this is the the culminating chapter in this is the final issue of this yeah. miniseries and i i had a real hard time remembering what had happened before and i feel yeah. like if i hadn't if i had read this Soon after the last issue, this probably would have been the pick because a lot of big and important things happen. There's a lot of of those fantastic Mark Miller sequences and a lot of fantastic Frank Quietly drawings. And uh, uh, hold on, 
first of all, you know what it is to be working with Frank Quitely. So oh, totally. all of these things to be expected. And you just said it was fantastic, Frank Quitely. I mean, you must have enjoyed the hell out of Rock Candy Mountain because Frank Quitely, I, just every page, I was like, Mike. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it, it's not oh, fair. It's oh not even fair. God. It was just an art pick of the week. Sure, I just couldn't I couldn't reward it because I couldn't remember. <laughs> this whole was, thing could have been was. written in 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 German, and it <laughs> may have made no sense. The whole I was just like, it's it's nobody's even close yeah. to what Frank Quitely's doing right now. Not even. You know, and- Close. And that's the thing. And, and that's the thing is that like and and yeah, you're totally right. I mean, every page is just beautiful, and especially like in the backup material where you see the pencils and things like that. This has been a complaint of mine through all of Jupiter's Legacy is that I don't love Peter Doherty's. Uh, I'm sorry, Sunny Ghost colors on mm-hmm. on Frank Quietly. The coloring on uh, Quietly through Jupiter's Legacy has been just not gelling for me and that's been the only like i read it and it takes it away a little bit from it but then it, the, the the just the lines and the art just overcome that and it's just like oh god he's just so good he's so good i, I mean i, I kind of see what you're saying it doesn't it could be better i suppose or it could be what yeah. it has been in the past but i don't think it's offensive i think no it's, i don't think it's offensive i don't think it's bad it's just there's something about it like now picture close your eyes and try to imagine all-star superman i don't even know who yeah. colored that um you know and then if you look at this, this palette, and I don't know if this is a stylistic cho- a stylistic choice or anything like that, but this palette is like it's a little more muted, I think, or you know, like or m- maybe matte versus shine, you know. Jamie I, I Grant, to, Jamie yeah. Grant colored. Yeah, that's it. and that was his yeah. guy. But also, like this is a different world than All Star Superman. I mean, yeah, the the color I think reflects that. But the same thing that is going on here is that. Pretty much, we're telling the characters apart by their colors, more than anything True. else. The Good little point. yellow yeah. cape on on the one dude, uh, you know, the the t shirt on the on the dad, you know, the yellow and red on the kid, the pink t shirt on the mom. That stuff is all. That's we're getting that through the color signification. I think it works pretty well, actually. Um, yeah. And you combine that with just I don't know what it is about his storytelling that is just. So perfect. The sequence where he throws his his magic flashlight thing or whatever through his head. Yeah. What a what a sequence. What a just where he sticks the camera it's and how the how seemed an easy way to easy way to win. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, why didn't you just do that originally? in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> I think he had to be distracted by all the things, and he just didn't like his overconfidence was his hubris. Yeah. That's that's why. And I want him to draw a giant girl. Or human, a, a giant person uh, juxtaposed with regular sized people, all the time. <laughs> always, always, or, always, or a, a a guy with fantastic hair and handlebar mustache. All that guy it. rules. All well, too. Yeah. And, all, the, all, and also, I don't even want. I don't want to take away from Mark Miller uh, f- because the sequence at the beginning where they're doing like dueling forced uh, hallucinations. Yeah, yeah. Like, God, that was really cool. That's really, and it's the thing that in the last couple of series the thing like that's the kind of thing that i'm not finding in um what's the capullo series that he's doing um, uh, reborn yeah that yeah. i don't love that much like there's nothing well, to blow me away like that yeah. um no that 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 inception kind of like uh, you know like uh telepathic control within telepathic control with it like not only was that really really like uh inventive but also the way it played out was great it was like because it took like one or two, like two or three times where like oh i see what's going on like but even it, then it you weren't like, sure like wait is it okay yeah you know like yeah. you just don't know <laughs> 
So good stuff. Very good stuff. But oh, yeah, no, it's, but, I, but Connor, I, I agree with you, though, that it takes a hit for the delay. That's the problem. It's just that I, just, I, just, yeah. I didn't feel the emotional payoff because it. I spent the entire issue remembering everyone and, and their relationships and what the situation was. And, oh, right. He's the daughter. And he's the, like, if, if this if I read this all together, this this probably would have been the pick. This was, this seemed fantastic without even remembering all that stuff. But, uh, you know, the story isn't done. We're getting. Jupiter's Requiem in 2019. 19. I was like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, that's a long time. That's all. That's also a big number. Still be live, still doing the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this leaves some interesting cliff. I don't say cliffhangers, but interesting ways to go as as the villains have resumed their parents, you know, old superhero, um, their old superhero roles, their old the old costumes, their old code names, and they're going to save the world. But the sun, the sun has some questions. But. Uh, yeah. I, this was this was very good. Even even having a hard time remembering what was happening, it's the quietly told. You take you, you do what you have to. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and honestly, I mean, it's it's worth it. It always ends up being worth it. I'm never regretful of it. But I, oh, I just wish it would go faster. My only my only hope is that that 2019 date is because he's lined up to do something else in, next, and we get that sooner. You know what I mean? Or like, or they're banking him. Yeah, or they're banking. Yeah, yeah it's going to take him two years to do five issues. Yeah. Oh, he's so good, though. It's not fair. Crazy. Crazy so, good. So we, we didn't talk about Motor Girl number six, right? Because that was when they messed up and didn't put it out. Yeah, right. Yeah, it didn't come out digitally on, on the date and then, yeah, and all that stuff. So, so Motor Girl number six, we got a big uh, revelation as to, as to uh, what's her name? What's her name? <laughs> I don't know anyone's names. No one's names. We got her backstory. The main, the main girl. The main girl. Yeah. We got her backstory. We Samantha? We Sam? Sam. I think it's Sam. I think it's Sam. Mona, Mona, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> so I can't hear the name Samantha and not go through the entire thing. Anyway, uh, so, so Samantha's backstory and how she got injured in, in Iraq. And uh, that was really interesting. And then this issue, there's fallout from that. Um, and then a really sort of um, emotional cliffhanger. Yeah, uh, which, no, I mean, uh, was a really I mean, great like, sequence. Yeah, the thing is, is that th- this issue didn't have. I mean, I'm loving Motor Girls, great because yeah, I think I, that, I, th- I think that that Tony, uh, Tony, not Tony Moore, Terry Moore, <laughs> Terry Moore, <laughs> is is um, navigating that line between humor and you know lightheartedness with weight and gravitas and seriousness on the other side, and you know, and and what you've got is you've got. Glimpses, glimpses and moments of of levity, right? And then, um, and then it's balanced out with like some heavy shit. Like the end of this issue, I was like, oh god. So, so this issue, Samantha gets rushed to the hospital after you know after finally being found after after the events of the last issue. And at the end of the issue, she's you know going into an MRI and they show the doctor, you know, no no dialogue. So the doctor showing her, you know, is it her grandmother or the one, you know, like the her landlord. Her landlord, the 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 MRI result, you know, but we never hear what it is, and then the issue ends on that. And you're like, oh god, like now we're gonna find out why she sees Mike the monkey and all this sort of stuff, and that what's ever going on in her head, you know, and that's balanced with a couple page before where the two guy were 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 Vin and Larry, is that his name? Vic or and Larry. Larry. Vic, Vic and Larry. Yeah, they they get reunited, and like I'm laughing at one moment, and then the next moment I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be harsh, right? And so like it's it's the same, like not the same, but it's a similar alchemy that he had going with Strangers in Paradise. Um, whereas, uh, you know, Echo and Rachel Rising were were a little more focused in terms of tone, 
And Motor Girl has got more, and partially, you know, mainly because Motor Girl, I think, exists in the Strangers in Paradise universe, right? Because we already have that tie of the character of the landlord. Um, but it's more akin to what he did with Strangers in Paradise, but yet still not the same thing as Strangers in Paradise. Like, it's different. So I, I just love Terry Moore. He's just great. He's the best. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly it's bad. It's a scan of her brain, and it's so bad that the landlord has to be helped to a seat. So it's it's not good because we've we've come to like this character Samantha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over the course of seven issues, um, but then you have completely wacky nonsense like the alien taking a bath in her bathtub. So it's right. the full you get the full arc of Terry Moore here. Um, yeah. Actually, I find I find that less weird than the idea that the guy could fit inside that chair. I thought that was odd. The chair, the chair bit was interesting, but yeah, the guy was completely in the cushions of a of a not even a couch, but oh. a, a a a a sitting chair. I mean, he's a he's a skinny guy, but like there's yeah. there's stuff under the ca- cushion. There's there's yeah. things that hold the cushion up. Right. Um, but uh, and and also I think it needs to be said every time we talk about it that Terry Moore is a cartoonist par excellence. Like he's no oh, one is no one is better than him yeah. in cartooning. Yeah, he's great. Indeed. So if you open up an issue of Seven to Eternity and you're thinking, all right, got some Jerome Pena coming up, and then all of a sudden you go, wait, there's a guest artist on this. It better be James Heron. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, no Pena this issue. Oh, but it's Heron. <laughs> okay. We'll allow it. Right, exactly. And, oh, the, yeah. and, and now I'm going to say something that I don't want to say. Uh-oh. I had, you have no idea what's you have no idea what's going on. I had a much easier time telling what was going on with this issue. Oh, wow. Ooh, controversial. From uh, an aesthetic standpoint, uh, you know, uh, Opeña is jaw-dropping and amazing, but it's actually so ethereal that clearing this up a little bit, I feel like I knew what was happening in this issue better than any of the ones prior to it. And maybe it's because they had actually cut down a lot of the characters and they, so, you know... Um, I you know I I read the synopsis at the beginning you know and like so I all right I actually knew what was happening at every point with most of the other issues I've been a little lost and just kind of looking at it as being pretty. Um, this right. is the uh, point in the 1940s movie where Ron and I rush out of the room, run to the bank of phones, call the copy desk, yes. hold the front page because Josh Flanagan has just has just uh, smashed Jerome Pena. Or we run out to the bank of phones and they fall over like an airplane, <laughs> which which I don't know why is a great gag. It's just this. <laughs> I mean, like the fact is up until now, I, I've had a hard time latching onto this series outside of just wanting to look at it. Right. Um, I, I've let four issues pile up. I'm, I'm, I haven't read any issues since number three. And the thing is, you, you, you know me, I'm a huge Revender fan. Sure. Um, and I, you, I laugh because, Josh, you said you mentioned you read the recap. The recap is very small type on a full page. Like, there's a lot to recap. There's, like, yeah. there's a lot. But I, like, I really it, like, had to this time. I was like, yeah. all right, I'm yeah. lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This, is, this one's tough. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like seventy thirty on art to story on this mm-hmm. one. Um, like what, what I often do when I read it is that I just kind of look at it and then I go back and read it. You know, um, just because I want to marvel at what Opinion's been doing and now what Heron's doing. I mean, it's just a, it's a crazy, weird world that Rick has built, and which is you know par for the course with him. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I understand it's it's a challenge. I also thought it was a really interesting choice. Um, to put Heron on this because he is not akin to Opeña at all. Yeah, it's it, it's an opposite thing. He's he's more like a Ryan Otley type of thing as opposed to sort of that. I don't even know how to describe Opeña's thing. It's like a lot of different things at once. But this is very like line based. 
Um, the coloring that Matt Hollingsworth did was way more straightforward um, yep. than sort of anything painterly. Uh, it was uh, it was very different, but it, it helped clear things up for me. And I think the story was actually a little simpler, and there was more action. We were going towards stuff instead of explaining things, you know, and, and sort of we knew what the stakes were. I think it was a lot of things at once. Um, but either way, I, what I, I I was I got it. And I was like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna work through this. It's gonna look great. But I I got the answer. I, like, I really like that issue. So cool. um, this is good. Right on, Ron. Uh, Ron, my new thing is gonna be just to continue to harp on the the way baseball is portrayed in X Men Gold. Well, okay. Well, here well here's the thing about the X Men. All right. So what I want to talk about with X Men Gold number seven with Mark Guggenheim and new artist Ken Lashley Lashy, um, uh, is that. There's a certain thing called be careful what you wish for. Um, because you know, part of the part of the marketing and part of the mission statement around this this recent X-Men reboot has been to kind of give the fans what they want, right? Give them what, right. Give them what they want, give them what hey. they love, give them class give them classic X-Men. And and maybe now, maybe I'm a little older, maybe I'm a little wiser, maybe I'm a little more of a refined media critic. You're at um, least one of those things. I'm at least one of those things. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if what I want is what's good for me. Um, <laughs> wow. You are, wow. You are wiser. <laughs> wow, you're definitely two of those things then. Jeez. Because you talk to my seven-year-old about that. <laughs> because uh, Guggenheim's serving it up on a platter. He's got now in, in within within three months, seven issues shipped twice monthly. Um, we've gotten at least two baseball scenes, right? Which back in the day you got once every two years, maybe, right? Like, but you always loved it when it happened. Now we've gotten two scenes that occur while playing baseball. Um, one of the great things about the X-Men has always been the inner, inner, you know, the, the relationships and all the stuff like that. And in this issue, you have, uh, Rachel Summers confronting Nightcrawler about his feelings for her, which was just like, no, like, you just like, like, just don't pair people up just to pair them up. You know what I mean? Like Nightcrawler has known Rachel Summers for like a really long time. And like, and, and to now just shoehorn in that he likes her. Right. It's just like, ah, it does. Like, so it's like, I get what he's doing and I get, and I totally get that. It's like what the fans want or whatever, but like, I want more or what something. You, I want something different. I want, when you get something different, you get angry. That's not what you want. No, I don't necessarily get angry. That's what I want. The thing is, is that like, I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it. Right. It's been a and lot this of this is going you, on you just you hit, yeah, hit a nail on the head as to why it's almost impossible to write comics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this goes back to our conversation about Clue last week. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. you're getting the like. I think I'm getting tired of this, but I've said I don't like all the other stuff. So what do I do? <laughs> oh God, I'm doomed. But um, <laughs> uh, and so so the the main gist of the story though is the fact that unlike you know like I'm not surprised, but uh, there's a little secret empire banner on the cover of the issue, which is annoying because now seven seven issues into a launch of a series and they've already changed the cover. But how did, how did this? I, I I was I finished it and I thought, well, what did this have to do with Secret Empire? And I'm not, not reading it. I don't know. Oh well, no, because the whole thing is that they get contacted by Doctor Strange in the middle, and he tells them about that Manhattan's covered in the dark whole d- dome, and they're they're trapped in New York, and that's why like, all right, we'll go help. Like that was the whole Secret Empire time. Oh, I like, thought that just was something yeah. that had happened. Oh no, no. Well, yeah, it happened as part of Secret Empire. So like Manhattan is encased in in a magic dome, so people can't get in or out of it. Um, because uh, Cap's Hydra plan was to contain as much as possible, so he contained Manhattan to keep the majority of the heroes from helping the rest of the world. Can we talk about the baseball problem? 
Sure. Because I don't care about any of that. Uh, so Santo is a bat. He's a giant rock creature. Yeah. And, and all I can figure is that they must have no regard for his power because everyone's playing in the infield. Right. Yeah. No. And, and I, I even believe Colossus makes a comment about that, though. No, no. We'll get into that. That's the second yeah. part. Yeah. So there's there's eight people <laughs> in this little frame between shortstop and second base, the second base position. He only hits up the middle. And the right. first baseman is playing at about the 40 foot mark. Well, maybe they're, the, they're, they're expecting a bunt, maybe. or I guess they're expecting a bunt, but it just seems like a really bad oh, yeah, way to put it. And then the next page, uh, Kitty asks Colossus what he's thinking, how he's feeling. It says, Oro shouldn't have shifted her infield. What the hell kind of shift is this? <laughs> Listen, I know the shift is getting out of hand in Major League yes. Baseball, but yes, this is. <laughs> but is Joe Madden managing this team? <laughs> oh God! So it's it's. I, I still the other one's better. Yep. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree with you. The other one is better. And this oh, one, oh, oh. And- also, uh, I didn't know if we were looking at Old Man Logan or Sabretooth for most of the issue. Uh, well, well, old man Logan wears a duster. I get that it's old man Logan. However, they okay. drew him like a giant. Yes. No, I know. Yeah. Like it's, he it's he weighed like six hundred pounds. There's one scene yeah. where he's he jumps into battle, and I thought, oh shit, did Saber just show up? No, it's 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 Logan. Yeah. Well, the, but, so the thing is, is that like I I believe you can do the X Men in the mansion. I, I believe it can be done. I don't think Guggenheim is doing it. That's 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 the sad part of it. That that's where I'm at after seven issues. So. And I also think that, the, with all respect to the artist, um, the X Men used to be the place where you had yes. the, the top art in the industry. Agreed. And, Agreed. Uh, I, I I lamented that as well too. The art is not there. We're not even getting. No. Not even D-listers at this point. And it's been it's been the same for a while. Yeah. They they, they it's really it's really it, I, I I if I was doing the X Men. I would put the mansion back in Westchester. I would, you know, like I would, I, I would. You would you hire know. John Byrne and Chris Claremont. Well, no, yeah, exactly. No, no. But I would, um, I would try to get somebody who doesn't look like anybody else on the stands, right? I mean, that's what made Rob Liefeld and Jim Lisa and Wes Portacio so crazy in their old 90s. That's what made Joe Mattiera work so well. That's what made Frank Quitely work so well. If you look at the moment in time when every, that's what made John Burns and Paul Smith, Mark Silvestri, down the line, when you look at the great X-Men artists, it's because when the comics art scene was, was zigging right, they were zagging left. And right. that's that's what you need. And if it's like uh, if it's like uh, the 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 dude with the uh, Otto Schmidt on Green Arrow, or if someone with like a clean line kind of approach or something like that, stop trying to ape the the standard house style of superhero comics, or come up with these you know bad Billy Tan like type you know type folks or whatever. Get get a distinctive artist who does not look like anything else on the stand. And then it doesn't matter that Nightcrawler and Rachel are, 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 are developing feelings for one another because the art is what you're marveling at. Right. Yeah, it's, just, it's hard. Does that work so. in today's market, though? Yes. Absolutely. Does Absolutely. sell books? No, but nothing sells books now. Look at the numbers. <laughs> that's no, the so it's like, so this is just to make it good? Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's another discussion. But, so, but for right now, it's just that— We it, do. Just, We're the readers. We're not selling them. Oh, I, yeah. I know, I, I, I know. I'm just saying um, yeah. your motivation to do that. Although, if it's not selling anyway, who gives a shit? Right, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, I don't know. For for me, right now, it's not working. But I will tell you what is working, guys. You know what's working for me these days? No? I'm afraid you can answer that question. 
It's it's Harry's Harry's razors there. It's working better than I could ever even imagine. We want to thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode of my fanboy. And if you're a longtime listener, you know that we've been, you know, a longtime Harry's customers as well as it's been great having them to support the show as a sponsor. And Harry's makes the best razors and razor blade and razor blade holder and shave cream and whatever else you need for your shaving needs. It's all at Harry's. They're so fantastic. I've been using them for years. And uh, even recently, I just remember a couple weeks ago, we had that Father's Day set that we were talking about. Yes, I yeah. gave that I gave that to my father and I gave one to my brother-in-law, too, because I so, got an attaboy, a thank you, a, an acknowledgement that you existed from your father or anything. Yeah, no, I did. No, he was he was like, oh, he, he was really impressed by the packaging, by the box, oh. by the by the, the 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 blade, the handle. He really it really went over really well. It was at the right time, the right gift for the right people. They really liked it just because Harry's is the best. Um, Harry's helps me trim my sideburns and when I'm shaving and it, I look forward to shaving now which is something I never looked forward to um, I'm confident Harry's Connor and Josh are confident in Harry's. You should be confident in Harry's. Um, and Harry's is confident that you're going to love their blades. So they're going to give you a trial shave set, shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash ifanboy. All you got to do is cover the $3 for shipping, and you can get on board. And listen, Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price. Uh, that's why over 3 million people have switched to Harry's. Uh, the, the founders of Harry's, Jeff and Andy, they, they were tired of paying for overpriced razors, and so they uh, bought their own factory in Germany. Uh, with over 100 years of blade making experience and we're getting the highest quality razors and they're such a high quality and Harry's is so confident that all their products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. Uh, they Harry's offers their blades at half the price of the leading five blade razor and they sell directly to you over the internet. All right, it's just so easy and and it keeps us all looking great. So we I, what I love is the three of us have different shaving needs and yet Harry's does it, right? Great is relative. Harry's can only do so much on it, let's be honest. <laughs> Harry's can't turn the clock back. Oh, that's true. That's true for sure. So, all right. So, listen. Get on board. Claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. That's a thirteen dollar value for free when you sign up. Just cover that three dollar shipping cost. And your free trial set's going to include a weighted ergonomic razor handle, which comes in multiple colors, including Josh's favorite orange. I have uh, orange as well. I also I have orange as well too. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, we're with orange too because I like it because it's like the Mets. Um, uh. <laughs> you get five <laughs> precision engineered blades with the lubricating strip and the trimmer blade. And that trimmer blade is key if you have sideburns like me. Uh, you get the rich lathering shave gel, the travel blade cover, which is so helpful to keep you from cutting your hand when you stick your hand in your toiletry bag. Um, and you get all that just $13 value totally for free. So get your free trial set by going to harrys.com slash ifanboy right now. That's harrys.com slash ifanboy. We thank them for their support. So Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm sorry, all new Guardians of the Galaxy number five. I saw the cover and I didn't see, oh, uh, I didn't see the name that I was looking for, the artist's name, who's uh, Cooter. Yeah, Aaron Cooter. And then I saw Somni and I went, wait a minute. And uh, this was a really fun little one shot in which we, we, it's always Star Lord. It's all Star Lord all the time. Not just Somni, but Somni colored by Matthew Wilson, which yeah. is always a Ooh. treat. And 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 I would read a Chris Somni uh, Guardians of the Galaxy book. First, Aaron Cooter did the cover, great cover, had dialogue yep. balloon. No, we never get covers of dialogue balloons anymore. So I like I like to point that out. But the, this little is it is it a look back at at Star Lord or is it current? Yeah. Um, I, th I believe it's. I don't know. I think it's current. I got the sense that this was just a current side little, just a solo, just a one shot. Well, oh, you're right because he's trying to get the money for the anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this whole issue, he's trying to re retrieve his tapes. His music, and uh, as much as that became sort of a groaning thing with the movies, um, this is great. It, 
this was great, and it, the whole thing was so he could he could retrieve his across the universe Beatles tape. I'll and, give I'll give Jerry Duggan Bravo creativity for using like basically. Star Lord is traveling to different points in the universe where radio waves have traveled to record yes. recordings from the past. So he's kind of time traveling, but not. And so he got to the, these coordinates to pick up an hour long broadcast of John Lennon music after he was shot in 1980. Right. Which I was so he, like, oh, wow, that's really clever. That was it was really, really clever. clever. He, he's chasing radio waves. And then he he's got his old re- cassette player. So he's re- recording that like we all used to do recording the radio. And he hits that play record button at the same time. And I was like, oh, man. That's the stuff. I'm suddenly back to being 16 and recording yep. songs on the radio. Um, we're old. We are old. <laughs> well, let's keep focusing on it. Bye. Great, <laughs> great, great. Somni's fill in. Um, I don't know what he's doing next. Do they they announce what he's doing next? But um, he can keep filling Galaxy in. Six. He can keep <laughs> filling in for issues. That's fine with me. This was fun. Really fun. I just wanted to check in on uh, on Black Bolt. Uh, number three, this new series. Um, I want to say one good thing about it, and one uh, not nice thing about it. So the okay. good thing is this is a uh, really fun Prison Break uh, uh, story, and it's got Black Bolt and Absorbing Man for some reason, and a bunch of other weird alien characters, and it's completely not tied to anything going on. So you can just read it and have fun, which is great. Right. There is an egregious I got this in here. Yeah, there is. Twice. Twice within yeah. two panels. I got this, and then I got this. You got this right? Then Black Bolt, who yeah. shouldn't be speaking in the first place, <laughs> says, I got this. And his hesitation there tells me that it's wrong. That it He feels it deep there. in his bones that if this is wrong, I shouldn't be saying this. It's not that he's afraid it's of cliche. speaking because of the power of his voice, but... And, you know, I've largely gotten over this phenomenon, but in here, in this context, I can't have it. It was egregious. It was egregious. And, and, and what really disappointed me is that, like, I'm really liking the series. I think yeah. uh, Saladin Ahmed is, is doing a great job with the story. I love Christian Ward's art, uh, but it was an egregious I got this. I, 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 <laughs> we can't we cannot help but going back to our dark master. I, <laughs> I, I, I actually really like that the writer isn't really a comics writer. Yeah. yeah. Because it gives it a, a, a looseness and a feel that doesn't feel like everything else I'm reading. And I'm really appreciating yeah. that. Well, it's a, it's a, it's. I mean, I caught up on this this week because you guys raved about it. So I read I read all three this week. Um, it's a fun, wacky kind of prison break story you would never ever predict in a million years. Yep. Black Bull and absorbing man escaping from an inhuman prison, like you would never pitch that. And uh, that was, I think that's part of why it's so fun. Yeah, agreed. Good stuff. Good stuff. So we have a new team over at Superman with Superman twenty six. Uh, is this a permanent change? I don't know, um, but I I I didn't see I didn't notice it when I started reading. But as I was reading it, I was like, something's different. And yeah. It wasn't just the art. I just noticed that the, that the tone had changed. Um, so we've got Michael Morecci and Scott Godlewski, uh on art. Uh, I liked the art a lot. I thought it worked fine. It was it was good for this. Um, the I, I I think I actually really like the father son story that's going on here. And if they're going to lean into it, this is the way to do it. And and why I felt this was interesting um, was that you got Clark, you know, he's good at everything he's ever done, except being a dad, you know, because he doesn't know what to do about this. And he's got quite a challenge. His son, you know, is one of those powerful beings in the universe, um, <laughs> you know, and I, 
I liked him uh, struggling with it and sort of thinking back to what his dad and, and the little flashbacks to, you know, the like sort of the great Jonathan Kent, you know, being the kind of dad he was. And I, I enjoyed it. My problem with this is that he's everyone's dad. He knows how to be a dad. He's, he's the DC Universe's dad. He, he knows how to be, be a leader. That's not the same thing. No, he's he's been their dad. Well, um, I'm a dad, so I liked it. I win. Okay, but I'm saying <laughs> I that's just doesn't make sense for me that he'd be struggling in this in this in this role. It makes sense that other people would struggle in the role, but not him. Well, I would uh-huh. say that it's the first time that it's really personal to him in that sense. Like everything else is his duty, and he's doing it. And this one, like he's taking it personal. This, it's yes, at home. It's literally at home. Yeah, yeah I, I could I could see that argument. Um, I see the I see you both arguing. Um, what I, I is see you inex- arguing? Shaking that ass. What is what is what is inexcusable? Uh, Green Arrow number twenty six, which I'm really enjoying. This this you know now twenty six issues of Benjamin Percy straight you know on Green Arrow for the past year. Um, art by Stephen Byrne. This issue, but you get Mike Grell to do a variant cover and you make him draw that goddamn Flash costume with the lines. Like that's just a crime. And then to see Stephen Byrne drawing the flash the Flash costume with the lines, it's another crime. Um, I love the Green Arrow Flash team up idea, and I like that this is going to be you know similar to what we just saw in, in Green Lantern as well, or no, with Flash and Green Lantern. Like yeah. the for some reason the intermix between Green Arrow, Green Lantern, and the Flash is a combo that I always like when they're they're teaming up with each other, and um and to see that could now happen here in Green Arrow is fun. It's just that costume just kills me every time I see I, it. I I did not like this issue. I oh. thought the art was bad, and I thought that. It was made worse by the Flash appearance because he can't draw the Flash costume that might make him look terrible. But I thought they portrayed Barry as a dick, which is not at all his characterization in the current animation. He's an asshole to Green Arrow for no apparent reason. And uh, that's, in, so far, as we read him, he's nice to everyone no matter what. Interesting. And huh. so it felt very off character. All right. So I did not like it. Okay, I, I mean, I vaguely remember Flash and Green Arrow being at odds through the years, so I thought that was right. But yeah, I guess but that's I, through yeah, the years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. again, it's like, what are we doing here? Um, if right. we're dealing with the characterization yeah. of Barry in the current, you know, yeah, in this current universe, he's not this character. Yeah. All right. Unless there's a history and they reveal that throughout the story, then it'll make sense and I will eat my words. But how for for right now, it yeah. was inexpli- he was inexplicably addicted to him when he first showed up on the scene. I see that now. I see that. I still liked it, though. And I like Stephen Byrne. I just hate that costume. It just drives me crazy. So, all right. uh, Josh, uh, it's been a while, but let's go to Star Wars Corner. Let's go to Star Wars Corner. Okay. Uh, So we've got... Wait, wait, wait. wait. What do you mean it's been a while? This happens every goddamn week. We've never been together for the past couple of weeks. It didn't happen last week. Yeah, so... It happened a week before when you were continuing. Yeah. It's been a while been a while so this is so this is the the first issue of a new story story arc after the uh the the screaming citadel storyline um jason aaron salvador la roca we get a little uh luke and leia uh stranded on a desert island story it was fun yeah uh i would pay lots of money to have salvador la roca not be drawing this book anymore (laughs) i i I realized that he was drawing it as i was in this like oh they ported him over here from darth vader and i get the feeling he's gonna stay um, there is a panel 
where so there, so basically what happens is that Luke and Leia's ship gets damaged, they crash land on a planet, they're stuck, they've got no way to get anything out there, the Empire eventually finds them, they beat the Empire, they get the parts they need, they take off. Like it was a nice little like little thing, got a little Luke and Leia characterization, their relationship building, that sort of thing. Um, there's a moment where they're trying to forage for food and Leia is swinging over the water to be bait for a very large fish that then Luke is going to swing his lightsaber at to kill it with. The panel of Luke swinging his lightsaber was, I was like, did LaRocca get his kid to draw this? Like, the arm was mangled, oh, and it was just like, it. yeah, oh, it was just like, it was just not the arm's good. not mangled, it's the black that makes it look that way, but, yeah, like, the line's was, actually fair. The Where the hand is around the hilt of the lightsaber doesn't make sense, though. It's rough. It's just a rough panel. And it's very, so. it's just also just very, like, it's very stiff. So it's interesting. Yeah. So, like, all the figures there are pretty stiff. The shark thing coming up out of the ocean is pretty good but obviously that's a traced picture of a shark uh oh no i see what you're talking about. you're talking about that the bottom of that page yes the, the bottom panel on the very bottom of the page it looks like he's like and he's making a weird face yeah no it's just yeah. not good yeah so. yeah it's not it's not good he can draw adats and shit i'm fine with that oh yeah exactly he can draw stormtroopers and adats and aliens or whatever it's just that the, the need to draw these people and then to do the photo tracing on their faces is just oh it's so bothersome and he's gonna be on this arc and um and um, i'm like oh i just want somebody else i want the guy the other guy that's with uh uh on afra the cartoony guy i forget his name yep but uh yeah so all right i like the story though yeah, I like the story too. It's great. Story. Lots, let's get lots of Yellow Jacket Luke good times. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the patron pick. All right, so every week in the patro- at patreon.com slash ifanboy, our patrons, every single one of them can vote on the patron pick, which is a book we'll talk about in the show this week. It was a, it was a runaway success, pretty much. Um, we didn't have a close race, except for the first day, first hour of the first day, but uh, Deathstroke number 21, which I was surprised. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Um, I, I, laughed, issue, I, I, I laughed when I saw the results. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first issue of a bold new era, uh, story by Christopher Priest, art by uh, Diogene Nives, something, something like that. I apologize. Um, and uh, this is a book that is Eisner nominated for Best Series. And uh, we've talked about it before. It was Pick of the Week back with that Chicago uh, murder ep- uh, issue that one shot that uh, Dennis Cowan wrote, uh, drew. Um, as a, you guys have not been reading this, I read this every month or every two weeks or whenever the fuck it comes out. Uh, what did you guys think? I'm most curious about what you guys thought. I thought this was hysterical. I mean, I thought this, I was like, man, I should be reading this. I think <laughs> I, I didn't love the art and I don't know what's going on, but I, I found it very, very compelling. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Did, wait, I'm sorry. Did I read correctly? Are Deathstroke's kids in this book? And did Deathstroke sleep with his son's girlfriend? Yes, his fiance. Bravo. So his, <laughs> as you see on the cover, he uh, he has uh, well a, a, a team called the Defiance team has been created by the government. However, Deathstroke's running it really, and it includes Deathstroke, his son Jericho, his daughter Rose. It also includes Wally West, Kid Flash, the new one. It includes uh, Power Girl, the new one. And it includes uh, Tara, who we don't really know anything about. She only shows up, shows up on the last page. And in and these all- really stylish black and white costumes where I mean a little checkmate a little bit. You know, like it, it just it, 
I, I don't know. It just it just seemed seemed it kind of seemed bananas to me, and I like that. So. <laughs> I don't think that I even had the context that it would have been bananas because I don't like I didn't have a foothold in any of this. I couldn't tell. So is this supposed to be silly, or is it not supposed to be silly? Which makes you think it's silly. That makes you I don't think know. It's funny. What it's is been this? a weird series. It's been a very weird series. Oh, first of all, nominated. Ser- yeah, best series. Um, one of the weird things about this is that Deathstroke's new black and white costume includes a cape, which you think would be really antithetical to his fighting style. But yeah. uh, although Batman has one, so I guess it doesn't he matter. He has a dual um, flaming or sparkler thing, though. Now, uh, I, I struggle with the series. I think every third or fourth issue is really good. Um, but uh, this one I thought was a little. There were things I liked about it, um, but I don't. I don't know. This is a weird. I'm pretty sure th- th- it was th- stupid. <laughs> I know, but but like the kind of stupid that like is stupid in superhero comics, which that that's why I think I kind of it, it endeared itself to me. I don't know why. I, I it just <laughs> did this remind? Let me ask you this: Did this remind you of like a early Image era? The art yes. certainly does. The, the art, art definitely, definitely did, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that's yeah. what it reminded me of, and I, and I have no affection for that. Yeah, so I, 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 I think it, it... Like, at first I, I thought, right. is this person trying to do, like, is this supposed to be, like, a Warren Ellis kind of thing? You know, where, like, they're going to break it down and sort of reinvent everything and make it kind of hardcore, but also kind of tongue-in-cheek, and I just never quite got there. And I don't have any context for any of these characters except the other Wally West, and I was like, what the hell is he doing here? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. I was like, "What is he doing?" Well, there was there was a crossover that I didn't read all of. That was Deathstroke, Teen Titans, and Titans, and I didn't read the Teen Titans part because it has Damien in it. Um, So I don't. Apparently, a lot of important things happened in those parts because I don't know whatever happened with Wally West here happened in those issues, and I don't know what's going on. I was very confused as well. Right. Uh, All right. Well, so ratings, ratings. Wait, hold on. So this is the best new series Eisner nominee, along with Side Black Hammer. Uh, Mockingbird, Faith, and Clean Room. Well, Black Black Hammer clearly is going to win that. If we if we know anything over the last eleven years is that we can never predict the Eisners. <laughs> All right, ratings, ratings. Three. Uh, I'm going to give it a three. Two and a half. All right, sticking with it. Yes, because I've been reading it all the way through. I might as well continue. Maybe. No. All right. Can you guys? Can we pick ones that I don't? feel completely ambivalent about <laughs> well the, the, who who can predict that i yeah. well no like i just i feel like like they keep they keep picking ones that make me go uh, i guess like i i Maybe, it's not about you i know it's but it's a, making it's more me, of a josh problem it's i know yeah. it's making me live up to my like my hates fun thing which uh i don't know i haven't been all that much open fun. your heart open your comic heart open your heart all right in. So you should, Josh. You should open your heart, much like the patrons who've opened their hearts to us here at iFanboy. And not only do they get to vote on a book for us to talk about every week, but we take the select few, the patrons who have signed up at the five dollar higher level, and they get a uh, superpower. It could be a dumb superpower. It could be a a really useful superpower. It could be a really helpful superpower. You never know what you're gonna get. Uh, Connor, you get the first one. Lead us off. Greg Norwood, I believe, was a. Goodfellas Minute uh, patron. That sounds familiar. Greg Norwood, when he feels fear, he emits steam. <laughs> Not anger. No, fear. He gets scared. <laughs> steam comes out of all the different orifices. Do, okay. do, 
Does he get dehydrated? No. Okay. But, uh, you know, it, it could be useful if, like, you really wanted a steam bath or something. You could scare him in your bathroom. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a biological defense mechanism. Like, so if he's scared, he can steam up the room and escape through the, through the haze. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so it's, a, it's more of a protection, a kind of a flight mechanism. Yeah, so it's like, it's like um, a skunk with, it, with their spray or an or, um, octopus with their ink. Interesting. But for Greg, it's steam. All right. I suppose it's better um, than just spontaneously pooping. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, by the way, we didn't talk about in the books, but Spider-Man this week, um, I realized that character Gold Balls is basically one of these. Like he just he just spits out gold balls. Yeah, that's great. But but no, no, no. He says the word gold balls while he's doing it. And he got and he got a great um, uh, superhero logo treatment in this issue. So I I, we should have given fitness credit for that. But bravo. That was well done. All right. So up next is Johnson Fung and uh, Johnson uh, has the ability to uh, make pictures come to life. Ooh. So if you if you hand him a photograph when he touches it, you see what's going on in the photo when it was being taken. It's like a it's like a a view into that moment. So he makes a Harry Potter photo. I've never read Harry Potter. They move, but they don't necessarily uh, come to life. Are you saying the thing comes out of the picture and is, is? No, no, no. It's like you're it's like you're holding like a like a you're watching what happened. You know, from the moment that picture oh. was taken. Then Connor is correct. You are plagiarizing yeah. J.K. Rowling. I never read it. I'm sorry. Tell it to the court, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Tell to her. Very high-priced lawyers. Very high-priced lawyers. In fact, we should probably just delete this part of the show. <laughs> In fact, I, I am no – I take no ownership of what Ron Richards has said. Ron Richards at ron at ifanboy.com. <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> Keith, Keith Mondor uh, has all the five senses of a gopher. <laughs> Why of a gopher? Well, I was going to say dog originally, and I was like, that's not as funny. So it's just like he doesn't see all that well, but he smells really well. His hearing is pretty good. (laughs) Like he's completely, he doesn't act like a gopher other than the things that would normally translate to gopher behavior as a result of those. But, you know, his, his sense of touch, taste, hearing, and smell are the same as a gopher's as opposed to a human. Interesting. All right, then. Randy it's quite, Horman is quite acute hearing, for example, but his eyesight not great. Randy Horman can turn into Abe Vigoda, but <laughs> only Barney Miller Abe Vigoda. He can only turn into fish. Well, that's the that's the best that's the best Abe Vigoda. Right. So he can he can shapeshift, but only into fish. All right. Rumpled suit, hat, really wide tie. I like hang it. Dog, hang dog. That might, that might be my favorite uh, of them all. So, good job. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy where you can sign up and get your dumb superpower today. And you can help ifanboy by going to patreon.com slash ifanboy signing up. We are, as of this recording, one patron away from 500 patrons and just a few hundred dollars away from our non-comics media podcast. We can still fit in Transformers the last night if we get to it soon enough. And I know Josh and I would love to talk about Dunkirk, but we will... uh, So do I. That's our next uh, stretch goal. So if we hit the next uh, mark, we'll do a non-comics media podcast once a month. So check, check it out at patreon.com slash ifanboy, as long as our other things like the patron pick and the superpowers and our monthly hangout, which we need to schedule. 
Um, we'll do all that happens patreon.com slash fanboy. You can also help the show fanboy.com slash support. That's where you can find our Amazon link. When you shop via Amazon, you can do it through that link. You get a little piece of the sale. Nothing comes out of your pocket, it comes out of Jeff Bezos's giant Whole Foods sized pockets. And uh, no one's the wiser. Also, direct donation via PayPal. I assume someone's the wiser. Some someone at Amazon knows what's happening. Direct donation via PayPal. Happens it's on all like well. huge scam. <laughs> Guys, we're giving out millions every month. Has anyone checked up on this? <laughs> Shh. Maybe people on Amazon it? listen. Stop. <laughs> and finally, as we've been saying, the t-shirt store is launched at fanboy.threadless.com. That's where you can find our four t-shirts. And really... Not just T-shirts. Let's be honest. There's also you get sweatshirts. You get all kinds of things. Someone just tweeted at us a photo of them with the iFanboy logo sweatshirt. You can get you, a, can, you can get a duvet cover. Classic iFanboy shirts. The iFanboy logo. The Herm shirt. Our new new two new shirts. The Pickley podcast and the ratings shirt. And more will be coming soon. But you can check that out at iFanboy.threadless.com. There's lots of fun little options there, customizations and things you can do. So check those out there. Thanks for everyone who does all these things to help the show going. Keep the show going. Right on. All right, so let's dive into the email. Uh, first email comes from James B. He says, I've been thinking about this question for about 12 hours, and that's when I found out my local comic book store, Heroes Haven in Tampa, is closing down. I started going to them about three years ago when I first got into comics. I can honestly say I probably wouldn't love comics as much as I do without them. So my question is this. How do I deal with this? Go digital? Go to a different store that I've been to and don't like? Go pound sand? Any help would be appreciated. I love that phrase. Go pound sand is an underrated phrase. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. I don't want it to catch on, though. <laughs> um, this is tough, tough question. It's yeah, uh, the guy. My question for James, if I was talking to him, would be, "What? What is it about reading comics that you like? Is it the community and the camaraderie of the store, or is it the comics themselves? Because if it's the comics themselves, nothing will change. But if it's the community and the camaraderie, you're, then then you're might be in trouble, right?" Um, and the thing is, is that like I don't know all the stores in Tampa, but uh, if there's another store that you don't like, is there another store? That you don't know about that you could try. You know what some I mean? Some kind of like, new kind of store. Some kind of new store. Maybe there's one in St. Pete. That seems um, like a big enough place that there would be other options. I mean, yeah, I have yeah. options around here. So Right. Like, keep trying. You know? Um, I mean, if you... Yeah, I think Connor's question is, is great. If you like... If you just like comics, it's then really, go digital or go, or go mail order or whatever. But if you like the camaraderie, then find a place that you like, you know? The, there's got to be one in the Florida area. And Florida's a big, obviously a really big state. But there's got to be one within driving distance that has what you're looking for. There's got to be a lot of stores in Florida. I don't know or, all the stores, obviously. You know, or why wouldn't you want to go digital? What is it about that? It's it sort of reverse that question. Like, Well, it seems like he likes going hanging out in the store. Right. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then digital is not going to work for you. Um, yeah. But, you know. There's also mail order, DCBS and all those things. Yeah, but, I mean, then you've just got paper. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm Some people like myself. it. I, I, I get that, and that's fine. Um I find I have found that just the the like go I don't miss paper at all, uh, in the in the stacking up of it and what to do with it and everything. So I like right. that part of it. Um, so if that's well, a, if you a look at his scenario, you. he's only been doing it for three years, so he doesn't have the uh, decades of paper you've got. Right. Yeah. Um. He's 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 a new reader. He's he's the elusive yeti of comics. The new reader. Yeah. Too bad and, there weren't uh, more of them. Your shop would still be open. Um. It's tough. It's tough because if, if for a lot of people, were, the community is is t- like Ron when he was in San Francisco uh, yeah. at Isotope. But the community was a big part of the allure of going. We, well, and, I was and in Brooklyn, the, Bergen Street, the same thing. 
Yeah, and the fun, and the funny thing was, yeah, the, the community of Isotope is what what I loved about it. But San Francisco is one of those interesting cities. Uh, I think Chicago is like this, or some other cities that have it. But like, there were like four options where you got that. There right, were right. there there were other stores where people got similar things. That wasn't the only store for the community. So it's like it's like trying to find. I mean, you know, when I lived in San Francisco, I had. Uh, had two or three local bars that I really liked that would like, and one that I was like, went to a lot and hung out and knew the people who worked there, stuff like that. Now I'm in a new city. I don't have that, you know, cause I, cause partially cause I moved, you know, but like a it, lot, it's, it's, it's a, it. 90%. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to, to do. And it's where, but it's where I am. I mean, like, I went to the bar the other night, but it's a little further than I'd want it to be and things like that. But the thing is, is that like, um, it's, it really, the, the, the magic that goes within creating that experience is a special thing. And like, if you had it, a good one at that, at the store in Tampa, then, you know, look back on those memories fondly and you might not have one now, but a new store might open in a year and you find that again or what, you know, like it's, so it's, it's, that's not something you can bottle, I guess is what I'm trying to say. James, can you move to San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, there's nothing in New York as far as comics stores. That's for sure. You can, you can go to the, 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 the masses at Midtown if you want. Well, um so anyway all right let's do one more carl from pennsylvania says this is a nitpick but it really bugs me why do you guys discuss what scale you're going to rate something on like one to ten five stars etc and then ignore it for instance during iron fist special edition you guys settled at a five star rating then immediately rated at a 2.5 then why didn't you do a 10 point scale netflix doesn't give you these options you've got five choices my friend choose wisely I think Carl we needs do. to go pound sand. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing about math. If you don't like 2.5, make it 10 in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't matter. None of it. Also, we're, we aren't Netflix. We just sometimes use that. Netflix also said, no, no, that's too complicated. Yes or no. Right, so. which, which, which pissed Connor off. Oh, it's the let's worst. Not, let's not forget that. <laughs> it's the worst. There's no room, I, there's no there's no room for nuance left in this world. I would I would point out we we discussed this a couple of episodes ago. I think it was four shows ago when someone complained about Josh's ratings uh, choices. Um, that these are entertainment based rating choices. Whatever makes it the funniest. Yes. In the context of somewhat keeping with what our feelings are in the book, we will choose. Also, we are stealing this idea from another podcast. And the, fu- the funnier they got for me was when they did more granular rating, like 2.675. Yep. <laughs> that's a good point. It's a good point. That was when it was funniest. And that, again, another, another, yeah, that's the really good point is that this isn't real. Yeah, none of it's real. <laughs> These, the things we say don't mean anything. No one's writing it down. No one's referring back to it. Ask me what I just rated that book. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I think it was 2.5. <laughs> Uh, good times. It's right. it's it's whatever we want it to be. It's for the entertainment. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So you can email us for the entertainment at contact.ifanboy.com. You can get your question on the show. Be sure to include your name, where you're from, how long you've been thinking about that question, and of course, you can send an audio question by emailing us an MP3 if you like, if you want to be heard. Um, and please make the questions short and good. That's all. <laughs> So this week, Spider-Man Homecoming is out, and there will be a special edition show on Spider-Man Homecoming either before the show on the feed or after the show on the feed. But it's coming. Point. It's kind of it's going to be one of those. We haven't recorded it yet, so I don't know when exactly it's going to be. But there'll be a show about Spider-Man. Either you can already find it, or you'll find it soon. One of the two. There you go. That's ma- the magic of podcasting. Uh, That's right. 
Speaking of magic of podcasting, earlier this week I released a Talksplode, which is our creator interview podcast with Joshua Williamson, which is a name I can't say, oddly enough, even though my name is Joshua. But Joshua <laughs> Williamson is too hard for me to get out for some reason. Anyway, Does he Josh, prefer Joshua? Does he prefer Joshua? He writes it that way. I called him Josh, but I didn't ask if it was the right thing. I've known him for a really long time. Um, but Should have called him J-Dog. <laughs> well, no, that's um, that's I call that Josh Middleton's J Dog. No, uh, okay, I don't know him. Um, that's a comic. J Will, yeah, um, yeah, J Willie. Uh, he writes the Flash. He wrote. He co-wrote the Button. I'll tell you right now, he wasn't allowed to talk about anything Watchmen related at all. So that's on DC. But uh, we talked about the Flash. We talked about his approach to it. We talked about his uh, career at sort of getting to this point. We talked about Birthright uh, and Nailbiter to a certain extent and sort of uh, doing all those different things. Um, And uh, you should go listen to it. Yes. And if you're looking for more things to listen to, please check out uh, my other show, Damn Fine Podcast, where we're talking about Twin Peaks The Return. You can go to damnfinepodcast.com, where me and Tom Merritt um, are talking about the new series on Showtime. And we've got uh, guests every week. And we've got a comic creator coming up in about two weeks and a couple more in the pipeline. So a lot of crossover between comics and Twin Peaks. So definitely go check out damnfinepodcast.com if you like that. Head over to fanboy.com to find this show and all of our other podcasts like the Spider-Man Homecoming show either now or later. Uh, like iFanboy uh, at, on Facebook and, and follow it on Twitter. That's how you find out what the pig is before the show comes out. That's at iFanboy at Twitter and Facebook.com slash iFanboy and Facebook. You can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan, Ironic Stone, C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram and also some of them on Twitter. And if you like this show, go go write a review of it on iTunes. That's what we do. Uh, or it's what we need you to do. Uh, or better yet, tell people about it. Tell if your comic shop is not closed down, you should tell people in there about it, and then uh, that will help it not close down. I'm not sure how, but I think it works that way. It's sort of a circular thing. It's trickle-down comic economics is what it is. Oh, you know what? I think yeah. anyone listening who's in the Tampa area who likes their store wants to recommend it. Yes. Come really to iFanboy.com. Come to the comments at iFanboy.com. Tell James. Sell James on your store. Tell us what the store is. Tell us why he should hang out there. Tell us why it's fun. In the Tampa or, or the Tampa adjacent area. Not like if you're three yep. hours away, but like if you're close enough where you could get there on a Wednesday. Well, come to, let us know what thing, it is. the thing, though. Are people able to use their computers while spring breaking? I mean, I feel like, like it's harder to get to that kind of thing if you're constantly yelling, woo, spring break, and getting drunk. Do you think spring break is an all-year affair in Florida? Well, right. I guess spring would be a tip-off on that. <laughs> but doesn't Tampa also have race car driving? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, a, it has a, a, a baseball team that I've never they, liked. They play the game of ball there, too, yeah. Josh. The game of ball? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And base. Sometimes they play base. Well, I, I mean, at this point, why do you even need a comic shop with all that going on? But... Uh, <laughs> No, but it's a really good idea. Uh, help him out. I, I bet there's something to do about that. Uh, tell people about the show, however it is, what works best for you. All right, so it's going to wrap it up this week. So until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm Josh. Thank you. I see no fire.